Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? abundance lover, or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. Uh, and also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Happy Halloween for those of you who are listening to this on Halloween. We made it. We did it. Now, before I get into Orange County with the Trace Amigas and that tea party, I have to just tell you a quick little story. We have to do a little Judy detour. So I saw this movie, Judy. It's starring Renee Zellweger. It's all about Judy Garland. She plays Judy Garland. Now, I saw it last weekend on, I think, Saturday, and I loved it. I thought it was so, so good. I saw it with Matt, my boyfriend, and he liked it enough, but he didn't love it in the same way that I did. He thought she was great. 
but you guys know this about me. When I see something, I love it. I get like a, obsessed with it. Like I can't stop talking about it, inhaling anything that's even remotely related about it. So we saw it on Saturday. And then of course, all I want to do is talk about it. I'm like constantly bringing it up to Matt. I'm like, what do you think of this moment, that moment? I'm watching Judy Garland's old movies. So I'm watching Wizard of Oz. I'm watching Meet Me in St. Louis. And Matt's just going about the house and noticing that I'm like listening to Judy Garland on repeat and I can't stop. And then eventually that night, Matt was like, okay, Taylor Armstrong, enough. You have to stop talking about Judy Garland. (laughs) I sound so gay right now, but I, couldn't help, but I just, all I want to do is talk about Judy Garland and Renee is Judy Garland. And so then Matt told me enough. So then the next day comes and we had like a lunch thing with some friends. It was like a picnic. So we go and of course I'm talking to them about it. I was like, well, I won't bring it up to Matt, but I'm going to bring it up to my friends. And so I'm telling everyone at the picnic, <laughs> everyone I come across at the picnic, I'm like, do you see Judy? Do you see Judy? Have you seen the movie Judy? <laughs> And I just see Matt like rolling his eyes at me. He's like, okay. So then on the way home from this picnic, Matt was like, look, you need to stop talking about Judy, the movie. (laughs) I was like, like, how can I stop? It was so good. And he's like, you really have a problem. Like you can't stop bringing it up. And I was like, I don't have a problem. Like it's just something to talk about. I just saw a good movie. I want to talk about it. And Matt's like, I bet you, you can't go without bringing it up a whole day. And I'm like, I certainly can go without bringing it up. Now, we had plans with friends of friends. We, it was like one of our friends and then their friends. So, we had dinner plans with them. And it was like, uh, there was five of us. So, it was a, a straight couple, a gay couple, and then a stray lesbian. So, it was like a little group, a stray lesbian. She didn't have someone with her. But anyway, she's a great gal. But the point is, I didn't really know everyone that well. I like one of our close friends and then some friends of friends. Anyway, so we get to this dinner, and I had made this bet with Matt that I wouldn't bring up the Judy Garland movie with Renee Zellweger. I said, okay, I bet you that I can't. I won't bring it up. And Matt's like, there's no way you'll go this whole dinner without bringing it up. So we sit down, and it's one of those sort of awkward dinners where the conversations weren't flowing because we didn't all know each other. It was like a lot of new faces, fresh faces. And so the conversations were flowing. So the whole time in my head, I'm thinking, I got to bring up Judy. <laughs> I got to talk about Judy. So I start dropping like subtle hints. I thought, well, if somebody else brings it up, then I'm in the clear and I win the bet. So I'm talking about my friend Judith from high school. I'm just, I've never talked about my friend Judith from high school so much. I'm sitting at this dinner table. I'm like, I had a friend named Judith in high school <laughs> and no one's taking the bait. Not a single person at that table took the bait. Then Matt says, oh, I got to go feed the meter. So we finished the dinner. We haven't gotten dessert yet. They bring out the dessert menu. We haven't gotten the dessert yet. Matt looks at his watch and he goes, oh, I have to go feed the meter. The timer was up. So I'm already thinking in my head, okay, that gives me about three minutes. Three minutes, right? So now I have three minutes where Matt's away from the table, where as long as somebody else has the idea to bring up Judy, then it still won't be on me. So I'm planning in my head of what I'm going to do when Matt leaves the table and goes to feed the meter. So in my head, I had planned that I was going to start singing, like humming a song. And then if somebody guessed that it was a Judy Garland song, they would have brought it up. So Matt goes to feed the meter, and right away, I'm like looking at the menu, and I try to be real calm, cool, and collected about it. I just start going, <laughs> no one says anything, so I do it a little louder. <laughs> 
finally somebody says, what is that? What are you humming? Like, that sounds familiar. And I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm playing stupid at this point. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I don't even know what I'm humming. I'm just humming some tune. But of course, I know that I'm humming Judy Garland. I'm just hoping somebody guesses it. So we're playing fucking name that tune at the table. And everyone's like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm humming. Like, I'm pretending, but I know exactly what I'm humming. So then no one's getting it. And finally, somebody says, what are you humming? And I go, clang, 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 went the trolley. And I see everyone's faces drop, okay? And I'm thinking, why are they looking at me this way? Now, I did do a little bit of choreography when I started singing this lyric. I said, clang, 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 went the trolley. <laughs> Which Judy Garland doesn't really do choreography in the movie Meet Me in St. Louis when she sings that song. But I sort of did a little choreography at the table. I pretended I was wearing a top hat and I tipped it. And I, <laughs> like, I did a little chore- choreography. Who among us hasn't? But the point is, I see everyone's faces drop and they're just sort of looking at me like I'm crazy. And then it turns out uh, Matt was standing over my shoulder and he had seen me do my little <laughs> my little Judy Garland number at the table. And so I did not win the bet. And unfortunately, I had to apologize to the table for performing a little bit of Judy Garland. It seemed like everyone enjoyed it. But Matt was just looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why are you singing this? And meanwhile, I'm just... Clang, 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 went the trolley. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to bring it up, and then here I was doing a performance for the table. And he was just staying over my shoulder. Turns out he left his wallet in his jacket pocket, so he like went to go feed the meaner, but he wasn't gone as long as I had anticipated. And so he got back just in time for my performance of uh, Judy Garland's, I don't even know the name of it, I think it's the trolley song from that movie. Uh, I I was like fully into it too, because I got frustrated at the table. Nobody was understanding my humming, which I know it's not like a topical song in the year 2019. Some of you are probably thinking, what the fuck is that trolley song? A lot of you probably don't know. Well, first of all, I say go uh, watch that movie, Judy, and then also go listen to some Judy Garland on Spotify or iTunes. Check it out. Know your history and enjoy, because there's a trolley song that I just love. Bang, 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 goes a trolley. <laughs> you guys, I really did. I like, got into it. I tipped a top hat. Uh, anyway, Matt. Um, poor Matt. <laughs> the things he has to endure uh, to be in a relationship with me. You know what? I have to endure too. So don't, don't cry for Matt, you know, because there's things we all have to sacrifice in a relationship. And quite honestly, I, I think it's a legend that we should all talk about. So I encourage you all to see the movie. Again, though, I want to say, maybe some of you won't like it, because he didn't love it. He liked it enough, but he didn't love it. I thought it was, like, the best movie I've ever seen. Like, they need to give Renee some awards. I think she was so, so good. Queen Renee Zellweger. Give her a, give her an award. I need her to get a bunch of awards for it. Anyway, so that's that's my story. Let's get into The Real Houses of Orange County. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Actually, before we get into Orange County, let's talk about Jersey. Did you guys watch the Teresa Tell All with Joe and Andy that aired last Sunday? I thought it was a really interesting interview. It was like a full hour sit down. I liked how Andy was like in the control room for some of the promos for it. <laughs> Very dramatic. And I loved the interview. I thought it was good. However, I don't know that I really like learned anything. I think that they're both over the marriage. I think they're going to film her going over to Italy, which they mentioned on the special. 
And I think they're doing a lot of the stuff because they need the money. I think she's being interviewed by Andy all the time about the situation with Joe. And I'm watching every minute of it. I can watch every single second. Uh, but I didn't really think that we learned anything super new or anything that was like shocking to me. I thought it was funny how Andy sort of threw her under the bus when he said that he saw her on the beach with another guy. <laughs> then her response, Teresa's response, was that she wouldn't have left the room. And it sort of implied a little bit to me that she was like sharing a room. And maybe she didn't mean it that way, but that's kind of how I heard it, that she was sharing the room with the guy. But I think that she probably is, and good for her. I hope that Teresa finds like a hot young man. And I hope that, uh, speaking of uh, women that need a hot young man, I hope Megan King Edmonds over in Orange County, I hope she finds a hot young man. Teresa's been through so much with this guy, Joe, that I just want her to be happy. She's been taking, she went to prison for this man. And I'm not saying she's completely innocent and everything, but she did her due diligence. She went to prison. She's taking care of the kids. And now I just want her to be happy and get laid by a hot young piece. And that's how I feel about Megan King Edmonds, too, with that whole Jim situation. Jim from Orange County filed for divorce from Megan. And I just want her to be, I want her to go find some young, hot young piece that, uh, what I like to call a slump buster. You know, she's in a little bit of a slump right now. She needs a slump buster. So she just needs a hot young man that's going to get her out of her funk and help her move on because I want these women to move on. That's what I want for Gina, too. I mean, we're going to talk about Real Houses of Orange County now. I want Gina to get out of this thing with Matt. I, last week on the show, it was revealed that he like broke into her house, not, not even breaking in. She left the doors unlocked. You know, she leaves the doors unlocked to that place all the time. And he walked right in. And I want her to just get away from him. And sometimes you need to get under someone new to get over somebody else. So I think that all of these women, I hope they find nice young men. Uh, and we're going to get into this week's Orange County. Oh, one more thing before we get into this week's episode. I do want to briefly mention that there's a Terminator commercial with Shannon and Tamara. <laughs> it is a shock to the system. I don't know if you guys saw this. There's a new Terminator movie coming out. It's not uh, quite as anticipated as Judy was for me. But I will say... That it looks like a good movie. I'm glad they brought Linda Hamilton back. And there's a commercial with Shannon and Tamara as like her buddies. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking thing. And you know, I love when they do these movie commercials. I prefer them to be outside of the episode. So I like when they're commercials. And this one is so bizarre. It's go time. Let's roll. You mess with the wrong woman. You're going to need a bigger gun. You are such a badass. Is it wrong to think he's hot? Shannon. I'll be back. We'll be back, too. However, I wish that they were utilizing people like Emily and Kelly for these commercials and not Shannon and Tamara, because I'm very over them. And I know last week on the podcast, I had mentioned that Shannon is kind of growing on me a little bit, and I'm liking her in a supporting role. Well, that went out the window this week. I'm actually very tired of her. Walking in, when they were in the costume shop, Tamara and Vicky were shopping for costumes for the tea party, and Shannon barged in like the Kool-Aid man and was just like, Trace Amigas! And it's too much. She's like, this is my favorite store! Ack! It's too much, Shannon. She needs to cool it. And so last week, again on the podcast, I said, I'm into Shannon. And this week, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. So this week, we open with a little montage. We see Gina at her unlocked house. We see Jolie and Kelly at the dentist. We see Emily at the eye doctor. We're getting a little montage of everyone. Then we see Tamara and Vicky driving. 
and they're driving to this costume shop. So they see someone going potty on the side of the road. Vicky's words. She says, someone's going potty over there. <laughs> which is so f- weird to me when an adult woman says potty, but I get it. She doesn't have any kids either, which I know she has grandkids, so maybe she says potty, but it does seem like Vicky says potty all the time. I truly believe that Vicky uses the word potty instead of bathroom all the time. You know how some people, mothers do it when they're around their kids, and then maybe grandmothers do it when they're around the grandkids, when they're li- real little? I think Vicky has never stopped. Even when she didn't have the grandkids, I feel like Vicky has always said potty. I don't think she uses the word bathroom or baño or any of the other terms for bath. Lou, I don't think she calls bathroom by anything other than potty. And that's a little concerning to me. But uh, that's just who she is. Anyway, they're going on the way to this costume shop, and Tamara says she's wanting to have a tea party for someone. Finally, she's going to have it for Vicky, and that's why they're going to get these costumes. Tamara reveals that Gina and Matt were making out at a bar, and Tamara got a picture from her friend who texted it to her. Her messy friend texted it to Tamara. And Tamara's so fucking messy, you guys. This whole episode, every episode this season, Tamara does or says something where she pretends like she let it slip out. And then she's like, oh my, she does that fake, like, oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. And it's like, she's not that good of an actress, and I'm frankly just tired of it. I'm fine if these women want to stir the pot, and quite frankly, we need someone to stir the pot. And Tamara does that beautifully, so bravo for that. I'm just tired of the, like, faux outrage that she accidentally let something slip, and I think that's what needs to stop. She did it later in the episode with, with telling Vicky about Kelly not going to her funeral. Which doesn't exist, so it's like a crazy thing to, <laughs> we'll go get there. But Tamara was like, oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. It's like, you can believe you just said that. You're on camera and you know what you're doing. So let's just stop pretending that you're so shocked that the words accidentally slipped out. See, Vicky does it too. Did you notice? Vicky did it later in the episode when she mentioned about Kelly pushing her mom down the stairs. It was like real... <laughs> You guys, these shows are crazy. You know, sometimes I laugh and giggle, but it's like, everything we're talking about is so insane. (laughs) So stupid. And I love it all. But anyway, Vicky had like said something about Kelly pushing the mom down the stairs. And Vicky said it, and she didn't pretend like oopsie daisy. She might have been like, maybe I shouldn't have said it. But she doesn't do this faux acting that Tamara does. Like, oh my god, I didn't mean to let it slip. Oops. Oh my god, how did I do that? Why did I say that? It's like, Tamara, you know you said it. So just own it. In the words of Queen Icon legend Lisa Rinna. Just own it, baby. Anyway, there uh, is this picture of uh, Gina and Matt at the bar together. And I, again, I'm upset about it. Matt's just barging into her house. Breaking and entering. Although it's open, I don't know if it's considered breaking and entering if the door's unlocked, but she should not be with this man. He's a bad man. But also, men are fucking manipulative. So let's just talk about that for a minute. So I do want to stick up for Gina for just a second and say that men are manipulative, and I think this Matt is one of the most manipulative ever. And he can fuck off, quite frankly, because I feel like he's manipulating this whole situation. The minute that Gina seems like she's moving on, it seems like this Matt wants her back. And yeah, should Gina know to lock the door? Sure. Gina's making plenty of mistakes in here, and I'm not saying Gina's innocent by any means. She needs to put a lock on the door and a lock on her vagina. But I think this man is manipulative. They're both in the wrong, and Matt is probably more in the wrong because he's an asshole. So that's that on that. Anyway, then we cut to Bronwyn, 
Now, Bronwyn is interesting to me. I've been thinking a lot about her because I think she's a good housewife. Like, if we think about some of the people that have come and gone in Orange County, like Peggy, she was the worst. I hated that Peggy. Uh, both Peggy's really were terrible. But I think that Bronwyn makes, like, a good housewife, but also I don't like her. I don't like her at all, but I do recognize that she's maybe good for the show. I don't know. I'm still kind of deciding. I'm not quite sure. I do like the chaotic household that she has there, and I've always been attracted to the chaotic household. Like, I remember watching Cheaper by the Dozen, and I love that movie, but it always made me want, like, a bunch of siblings. I have two brothers, and I can't imagine—Matt and I want kids, and I, I think, like, three sounds good to me, three or more. It does right now, but maybe check in later. Anyway, they had a pie. They were eating dinner, Bronwyn's family, and they had a pie— And I just decided I'm going on a journey of making pies for Thanksgiving, homemade ones. I've done it once before, but it was about 10 years ago. And so I'm going on a journey of making homemade pie for this Thanksgiving. And I haven't quite landed on the recipe I'm using. And people sent me some good ones, so I'm just narrowing it down. Uh, But I just would like you all to know that I'm going on that journey this holiday season. (laughs) I'm very excited. Ah, I'm so excited for the holidays. Now that Halloween's out of the way, although I will miss Halloween because I like that time of year. Anyway, uh, Bronwyn's family, they all sit down for dinner. Half of them are there. The other half are at Mama Deb's. Now, Bronwyn's husband is wearing his dinner necklace, so he's got the dinner statement necklace on. He never seems to take it off. He's got a confessional one. He's got ones for special events like fashion shows, and he's got ones for dinner at home. And I respect that. I don't know if it's the same necklace. Maybe it's the same one. But he likes to do the necklace work at various occasions, and I respect that. He's got casual ones for casual time at home, and then he's got dressier ones. And uh, so I appreciate that. They discussed the college scandal. Now, Rowan, the daughter, is going to college. She wants to go to New York, and Bronwyn's worried about the eating issues. And I wish they weren't talking about the daughter's eating issues, because I think she's a child. Maybe she's 18 right now. I Forgive me, don't remember if she's 18 or 17, but she's still in high school. And I just don't know that I'm comfortable with all of us talking about the daughter's eating issues, because she's so young. And it just made me feel a little bit icky that Bronwyn's even talking about it. Because even if she is 18, I feel like you're still a kid at 18. I don't know that you're fully developed, and so I don't know if the mom and dad should be like talking about your issues. It made me feel that way when, uh, who was it, Rinna on Beverly Hills was talking about her daughters. Like I applaud it on one hand, and think it's great that these people are opening up, but it it doesn't seem like on Orange County that the daughter's opening up about it. It seems like Bronwyn's opening up about it. Like, we haven't seen the daughter in a confessional talk about it, unless I missed it or for, I'm forgetting. So it makes me uncomfortable that Bronwyn's just in her confessional talking about the daughter's eating issues. She's a child. If she is 18 and wants to open up about it, fine. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. Then we uh, cut to this costume shop. Again, Shannon just barging in like the Kool-Aid man. She just knocked down that door. Trace amigas! And then Gina arrives. I was surprised that Gina was there. I think Gina's on the wrong side of history. She should not be hanging out with the Trace amigas. I hope and pray that they're on their way out, the Trace amigas. And I hope that we get a whole fresh new cast in here. So I don't know why Gina is hanging out with the Trace amigas, but it's revealed that not only did Gina maybe kiss Matt at the bar, she also said she touched his wiener, their words, and she says it was a setback. <laughs> that was, she said it was a setback. And 
Right away, Shannon starts talking about herself. So Shannon's like, that's what I went through. And Shannon's doing that thing that's very annoying that a lot of housewives do, where it's like, you talk about something, and then they pretend they went through the exact same thing. I worry so much about Gina. I know Gina's on the brim. In the words of Brittany from Vanderpump Rules, she is on the brim. And we even see in the next scene, she's with her occupational therapist and her daughter, Sienna, and Gina says that Sienna's neglected, and that was bumming me out. She said, I feel like I dropped the ball on this. Dropped the ball on this. She was saying ball, but it sounded like ball. So she either dropped the ball or the ball on Sienna's childhood, and that's troubling. And it made me feel bad, and I know that she's going through a lot, but we also need her to be there for these kids. And I don't know what the answer is, but I just hope that people who are in Gina's life, they go to help her out, whether it's the parents, I don't know if she's got any siblings, some aunts and uncles, whoever's got to get there to Orange County, you hop on a bus or a train or a plane and you get there for Gina because she needs your help. She needs your help. Then we cut to everyone getting ready for this tea party. Tamara calls Kelly and is like, are you coming to this tea party? And Kelly says, the only thing of Vicky's that she's going to is her funeral. Now, this was clearly a joke. And Kelly, of course, makes these jokes that are below the belt and maybe cross a little bit of a line. But to me, this was not something that was a big deal because she said, the only thing I'll go to is her funeral. And look, Vicky's not dying. And I don't think this was wishing Vicky death. Was it maybe a little distasteful? Of course. But later on in the episode when Vicky started fake crying about this comment that Kelly made, I just thought it was clearly a joke. Clearly, clearly a joke. I was confused, though, because I thought that Kelly and Vicky were getting along, but apparently Kelly just doesn't want to get along with her. So then they talk about this tea party. They're making Vicky look insane. <laughs> She's like supposed to look like Marie Antoinette. And then Shannon, Shannon in her confessional was like, let them make cake off with their heads. And it was just, uh, I mean, their outfits looked insane. And I was happy about it. I liked seeing them fight in the costumes. Like, that's always a treat on the Housewives. But at this tea house, Gina was there all alone. She was the first one there, and she was sitting there just like the fucking Mad Hatter. And she looked insane, you guys. It, if She looked insane. She's dressed as a Mad Fucking Hatter, uh, which didn't make any sense in comparison to the rest of the outfits, I didn't think. I understand maybe the Alice in Wonderland theme. But it should have been more clear, the theme. And Emily arrived, and Emily looked beautiful. She was just wearing, like, a nice hat. Emily just wore a nice hat, and she walked in. She's like, what the fuck are you wearing to Gina? And Emily said that she looked like Pretty Woman. I don't know that she looked like Pretty Woman. Like, Julie Roberts, I hope she wasn't watching this episode, because she would be offended by that. Jules, Queen Icon Legend Jules, uh, would not have liked to hear that Gina looked like Pretty Woman. I don't like that comparison, quite frankly. I was offended. Uh, as a fan of Pretty Woman, I was very offended. I was just in a conversation with a friend, and we were trying to think about what our favorite Julia Roberts movie is. And mine is My Best Friend's Wedding. But then we started to try to narrow down like the top three. And I couldn't decide, you guys. I love Notting Hill. I feel like Notting Hill's up there. I love Aaron Brockovich. To me, it's like one of the greatest performances ever to be on film. I don't know. There's so many. Pretty Woman is right up there. So, so many. But my number one is my best friend's wedding. Anyway, uh, then everyone shows up. Bronwyn shows up. Bronwyn's a nightmare right off the bat. She said she's allergic to wine, champagne. She's got a nut allergy. She don't do dairy. Ugh, I was exhausted by Bronwyn at this whole episode. This whole episode, but especially at the tea party. She was just being so exhausting. 
and then even Gina said that uh, Bronwyn is being a pain in the ass. She admitted, and I liked there was some tension between Gina and Bronwyn because I feel like it's unexpected, but I'm excited for it. Like it's a feud and it's a some drama that I feel like is fresh. And it really went off in a second, but uh, everyone arrives. And then, look, Gina admits that she fucked Matt. She said she went on a date with another guy, but then she did hook up with Matt. So she admits it to the women. Right when she says it, she drops her Mad Hatter costume thing in front of her face because she's so embarrassed. Because she knows. Look, Gina knows. Gina knows. And then uh, the Trace Amigas, they arrive late on the horses. Uh, and I really hated it. I really hated it when they were arriving in the I don't know if I was just being cynical, pessimistic, whatever it was, but as they were arriving, they're like, oh, oh, if I had to hear them say like, oh, pinkies up, oh, one more time. It was just so exhausting. They do too much on Orange County. And ah, they do too much. Anyway, then uh, everyone sits down. They have some mimosa fight, flights. Uh, Vicky says that Bronwyn was almost not invited because we know Vicky hates Bronwyn. And I think this is brewing, and I'm excited to see that explode. And as much as I say I'm so exhausted by the Trace Amigas, I'm sort of into Vicky. And look, that might change, but this episode I was kind of enjoying Vicky. And I don't think I want Vicky off the show. And I know a lot of you do. I know a lot of you are probably screaming at your radio or wherever you're listening to this and saying, no, Vicky's got to go. But I- I'm kind of charmed by Vicky sometimes. I am. And I'm not sure what that says about me. But I find her crazy and charming. And to me, she's not as annoying as Tamara and Shannon. Shannon, of course, is very annoying with her catchphrase work and her her stand-up bits and her confessionals. Sometimes they could be really funny, but other times it's just tough. And that's coming from me, who I often try out bits on this show, and maybe some of them don't work, and y'all roll your eyes at them. However, I uh, am self-aware about that. But I think that Tamara can be very annoying. Shannon can be very annoying. I don't necessarily find Vicky annoying. But I I reserve the right to change my mind in five minutes. So then, uh, let's see. Tamara gets mad. Uh, oh, so Tamara said that Kelly got in a bar fight. She told Shannon on the way there. And then Shannon at the tea party said, look, Tamara told me that Kelly got in a bar fight. And then Tamara did that same thing where she goes, why would you bring that up? I can't believe you said that. Like, she was so offended. And then Bronwyn defends Kelly because Kelly's not there. And then Tamara gets up and leaves. She goes to the bathroom. Shannon follows. And she says, I can't believe you brought that up. She said to Shannon, why did you bring that up? And then she calls Kelly. And I was like, fuck you. Like, come on. Come on, you know why you brought it up. You brought it up, you're on this TV show, and now you're trying to play so innocent, like, I can't believe that happened. She FaceTimed Kelly, and she said, Kelly, they were talking about you at the table, and I couldn't sit there while they talked about you. And it's like, Tamara, you're the one who brought this whole thing on. You told Shannon that she got in a bar fight on camera. Ugh. And Kelly, meanwhile, is home. She said she's got strep. I don't know if that's true. People like to throw the strep throat around. Have you noticed this? <laughs> I noticed this with not only people on TV— but people that I know, I feel like everyone just always says they got strep when they don't want to go somewhere. And here's my theory. I think that strep is like serious enough that you can't make it places, but it's also not like serious enough that you need any help or assistance. So you don't need anyone to come over or like anything like that. So I feel like strep is like a very easy excuse. And you don't have to do much to fake strep. You just kind of lower your voice a little bit. You just be like, I have strep. And then people have to believe you because they think, oh, well, they can't really talk loud. You know, whereas if you have the flu, 
I think that's a little bit harder to fake. And people might want to bring you things. But strep throat is like an easy excuse. And I think people don't feel guilty using it because I notice people in real life, in my real life, they will say, not to me, but I've heard pe- friends say, like, oh, I told them I had strep when I didn't. I'm like, you lying. Everyone's, everyone's lying. Everyone's lying about strep. I think kids get strep. Adults really don't get strep. Occasionally. But the amount of people lately that I've heard that have a, had strep is not, is not right. And I'm on to them. I'm on to all of you. All of you that are lying about strep throat, I'm on to you. So just don't, don't give me that excuse if you're not meeting me for something. Although I love when people cancel on me. It's really fun. I prefer it. I would much rather somebody cancel their plans so I don't have to go to dinner or drinks or whatever it is. And I could sit home and watch these shows. Watch our stories. Thank you, Giovanni! Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. 
Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Anyway, then Gina leaves the table because she's got to talk to this therapist who calls. And then Bronwyn says, when Gina gets back, you do public schools with your kids, right? And then Bronwyn says, public school is great. They have your back, which is so fucking messy, you guys. Bronwyn is being very messy and very gross. And I would have snapped at her just like Gina did. Gina says, you're a snob and not in the fun way. And she was right. I thought Bronwyn was being a snob. And then it's revealed that Bronwyn... Her older kids go to charter school, but she like tries to pretend it's public. She's like, well, it's publicly funded. And Vicky, meanwhile, is like, well, they had to audition. <laughs> they had to audition to get in. You had to donate money. And Bronwyn, like, she's crying. Bronwyn's like, we donated because I love to support the arts. It's like, fuck that. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. And look, I'm a little worried about Bronwyn. And the fact that she doesn't seem to handle confrontation well, and she gets scared, and she gets upset. She was crying right away when somebody just said one thing to her. Gina said one thing back at her after she was being an asshole. And then Bronwyn just started doing the waterworks, and she did that the last time when they were on that bus tour. And I just worry that Bronwyn can't take it. We need a housewife that's going to be able to take it and then bring it back. Because otherwise, if you just cry, the whole thing ends and it's all shut down. And that's not a good housewife scene, right? We need the conversation to keep going. We need the argument to keep going. We don't have, we don't need someone to just cry and then apologize. Like it's, that's what we would do in real life. That's what I would do. I'm a crier too. So look, that's what I would do. If somebody was yelling at me, I would just like cry and then run, run away. I'm not confrontational at all. Or I'd apologize and then I move on. But that doesn't make a good housewife. She said, we donated because I love to support the arts. Oh my God. The arts, that's coming from someone who threw a fashion show on a boat in Orange County. The arts, oh my goodness. Did you hear all those allegations that those people on that fashion boat were making about Bronwyn and the mom? There was like all this stuff on Instagram. People were sending me screenshots and stuff, and I don't know exactly who was saying what, but there were a lot of different allegations from that woman, Kathy, I believe her name was, and then also the man who Bronwyn had claimed, or, or Bronwyn's mom claimed grabbed her. It's very interesting. But um, anyway, look it up. Team Gina on this one, though. I find Bronwyn very annoying. Very annoying. Bronwyn went to the bathroom then. She came back. She tried to turn it around on Gina. And Gina says, she says, look, I'm a very private person. And here's my problem with Gina. Then you need to get off the TV. If you're a very private person, then you should not be on reality television. Anyway, she, my worry, though, with Gina is that she is a private person. She's getting in this situation where she's on TV and her whole job on TV is to ex explore what's going on in her life and to tell everyone what's going on in her life. 
And so she's going to rely on this television paycheck for her kids. And then if this television paycheck is taken away, it's not going to be good for the kids. I would rather Gina just get like a nice job somewhere, support the kids, and maybe get off TV. Because let's face it, Gina's not going to be on TV forever. She might have a couple more good seasons left in her. But I don't think that Gina's going to be around for in a decade. She's not that interesting of a housewife. So what's going to happen when the TV paycheck goes away? And what are we going to be left with? So I don't want her relying on the reality show. And look, she said, I'm a private person. So maybe you go find a private job. That's what maybe you should do. Then Vicky and Gina, they remove their wigs and the cake comes out. And then Bronwyn, of course, doesn't eat any because she doesn't have dairy. And she's exhausting. But Tamara smudges the cake in Vicky's face. And it was so funny because they were on their way back at the end of the episode. And Vicky had the makeup smeared. And then she had the cake all over her face and and still in the costume. And then she started crying about Kelly in the car because Kelly, because Tamara had told Vicky about how she, and Vicky, uh, Tamara did it in such a messy way, of course, when she said, I can't believe I just said that. But she said that Kelly uh, wouldn't even come to your funeral, which again, I think was a joke. But Vicky, I think, knew it was a joke, but she was trying to squeeze out a tear because she's on reality TV and uh, Vicky's been doing this so long. She wasn't upset, I don't think. I think she was just trying to be upset. I think she was. And then she uh, revealed that bombshell that Kelly pushed her mom down the stairs, allegedly. I don't think that's true, or I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. But uh, that was the end of the episode. And Shannon and Tamara agreed to sit down with Kelly on Vicky's behalf, which was interesting. It was interesting. Anyway, that was the end of the episode next week. We see Gina at therapy, we see more of Emily and Shane, and we see Shannon and Tamara sit down with Kelly. Ooh, that was the episode. Okay, now I do have some good news, bad news. The bad news is that there won't be a traditional Rouses of Dallas recap this week. I will put up a little mini recap up maybe on the Patreon page, or I'll put it somewhere uh, so people can hear it. It'll just be a little mini thing. Uh, for you guys after the Real Housewives of Dallas. But it's Halloween, and I'm traveling. I'm going on a vacation, my first vacation in two years, and I cannot wait. Matt and I are going to Hawaii. We'll be in Maui, and I cannot wait to just sit with a book. I have so many books lined up that I just want to read by the pool. So super excited. But I did still, because I'm an overachiever, I did record a little recap for Dallas that I'll put out somewhere. And I have some very good news for you guys, if you're a fan of Everything Iconic, I'm doing a little spin-off Everything Iconic podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast with my dear friend Jenna Brister. She's one of my best friends. Her and I are going to do a spin-off of Everything Iconic where we cover the made-for-TV Christmas movies. That's right, we're diving into Netflix, into Hallmark, into Lifetime. Now, of course, there's tons of these movies every year, so we're just picking a select few to cover and recap with you guys. Again, it's called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. You can subscribe. I believe the podcast is up on Spotify, the little teaser trailer. It should be up on iTunes momentarily where you could subscribe. I hope everyone listens. We'll also be putting the episodes in the main Everything Iconic feed. But if you're just interested in those, or if you want to get those separately, I encourage you go look up on Spotify, look up on iTunes podcast, A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. Again, if it's not on iTunes now, it should be up any day now. The first official episode will launch the week of November 8th. So it'll be uh, right after November 8th. 
We wanted to wait until Halloween was over and everything, but you can listen to a little teaser. Jenna is one of my best friends. She actually writes uh, for she writes Hallmark and Lifetime movies, so I thought she was the perfect person to do this with. And she's a stand-up comedian. She's so funny, and we both love these movies. You know, I love a Hallmark holiday countdown to Christmas movie. I have been dying to watch them. They they started well before Halloween, and I've, I've just been trying so hard not to watch them. But I will be diving in. So check that out. A very merry, iconic podcast, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm so excited. We're just picking a few, though, by the way. We're not going to be covering all of them. I'll be watching some of my Instagram stories, so I'll be doing that if you want to watch along with me. But uh, we're just picking a few. We'll let you know the schedule that week of November 8th uh, with the launch of our first episode. So oh, I'm losing my voice. Without uh, with that said, I want to say please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And if you want even more of me, I'll be on Watch What Crappens, recapping The Real Houses of Orange County. I'm filling in for Ben, so I'll be hosting with Ronnie. So check that out. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, you could donate $4 or more per month and you get access to all the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month. And more importantly, the money helps to support the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. With that said, let's do a little cool down because I need it. Oh, you guys, we didn't even talk about Roni. We did not even get into Roni. Did you guys see Countess Luanne on the Jenny McCarthy show? I posted a little clip on my Instagram, but it is wild. I encourage you all to go check out the whole interview. I, and she didn't tell Bravo either, right? Mm-mm. Everything came out no, on Instagram. No, Bravo didn't know. Everything came out on Instagram. Hell of a way to leave a show that's been so good to her. Because let yeah. me tell you, you know, when she tanked in her talk show, that's she right. came back with her tail between her legs to Housewives. And Don't you forget. guys all had to stand next to a fucking skinny bottle in every scene. That's right. So they should be really grateful. Right? Oh, Absolutely. my God. You don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, if I had a dime for any, every skinny girl party no I had to promote. shit, right? I'm like, and, then, and then I can't. she can't even promote my cabaret show and be happy about it. It was juicy. I mean, Luann did not hold back when I came to Bethany. She said, like, Bethany, uh, she talked about how Bethany made them promote her skinny girl products all the time and how Bethany couldn't even handle promoting the cabaret show. It's like, enough with the cabaret show, Luann. I've had so, I've had quite enough of Luann's cabaret show. And that's coming from me who saw it twice. I saw it two times. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was like Luann was being rude. But that's Luann for you. It got me excited about the next season, though. I am very excited. I'm very excited. But check that out. I don't love Jenny McCarthy, that's for sure. But the interview is good. Uh, And then also, speaking of interviews, Caroline Manzo was on the Albie Manzo podcast. I think it's called Dear Albie. It's really interesting. She talks about the Teresa interview. I thought it was fantastic to listen to. She... I, I always liked Caroline. I know that's not very popular anymore, but I have always thought Caroline was a voice of reason, and I would like to see her come back. And she's going to be at BravoCon, which is exciting. So I don't know. We'll see. I better wrap this up. I feel like my voice is going. You can hear it. I've been talking too much. Anyway, let's do a little cool down. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to relax. I encourage you all to find some time over the next week to relax. I will not be on Cameo. (laughs) Taking a break from that, I will be um, on a beach. So I love you all so much for listening. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. 
icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. 